My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places. People kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. So I've got to say something that might be a bit controversial. It's actually been on my mind for a long time. I'm not sure if I'm right or if anyone will agree with me because I've not heard or read anyone else having this take before, which always causes me to pause and check myself. But it's not the first time the thought has come to me. In fact, I think every time I encounter this gospel and I can't shake it anymore, so I'm just going to say it. What a nasty leper. I mean, what's that expression or that mean? You had one job. Nasty leper. Jesus cures you and asks you explicitly to do one thing. See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof enough for them. And St. Mark tells us in the very next line, the man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. Now, St. Mark, in writing the gospel, is recounting St. Peter's teaching and preaching. So Mark captures here one of the reasons I love St. Peter. I can relate to the guy. I know he's a Jewish man from Galilee, but he sure sounds like a paisan. Like, he could be a Jersey Italian priest. He's got to be. Because you can definitely hear that Peter's still frustrated Jesus doesn't say anything else about this entire episode and what happens here, but Peter makes sure that we know what the directions were and how because the guy specifically did the one thing he was not supposed to do, it's impossible for Jesus to openly go into a town after this. So sorry, not sorry. What's the matter with you, you nasty, nasty leper? We know what was the matter. Leprosy was a big deal. In fact, it still is. Until the around the 1980s, the virus couldn't even be treated. It was incurable. Now, thanks to antibiotics, it's not as dire and as fatal, but it's still a harrowing, debilitating disease. That first reading from the book of Leviticus recounts how deadly and how dreaded this illness really was. God gives Moses extensive instructions on protecting the rest of the community 
from this highly contagious pathogen. The reading sounded more like a CDC advisory than anything spiritual. They laid out not social distancing protocols of six feet away and putting a mask over your face. If you got leprosy, it resulted in complete isolation. Those who were sick were cut off from any regular social contact, including even the closest of family members. They were forced to live with camps of, of people who were experiencing the same disease, making this, this physical ailment for those suffering even more miserable, both emotionally and spiritually. Now it's over a thousand years after Leviticus had been written as Jesus is on the scene and not much has changed. If anything, it was worse because now you had a whole millennium of horror stories and all that fear that such experiences can cause, which just post COVID, we have a slightly better appreciation of just how bad memories and, and thoughts of that kind can prompt all kinds of emotions and reactions. So that's the backdrop to this whole encounter. This desperate, hopeless man comes to Jesus full of faith and confidence because think about how he approaches Jesus. He doesn't utter understandable cries or beg for help or even ask why this has happened to him. He doesn't question if Jesus can do something or even ask him to perform a miracle. It's more direct. If you wish, you can make me clean. This exchange happened still very early on in Jesus' ministry. We're only in chapter 1 of Mark. Yet fantastic things have already been happening that he heard about or perhaps has seen for himself that's convinced him. And so this nasty leper demonstrates he's got this confidence, he's got this faith in Jesus' power as he approaches him, but seemingly has has little regard for Jesus' authority in honoring, respecting, and following what Jesus tells him to do, showing a, a lack of gratitude and seemingly undermining Jesus' plans. I can hear the excuses. He's been through so much, he couldn't contain his excitement and enthusiasm, and that might be true. It does remind me of another gospel incident where Jesus encountered 10 lepers, and after giving them instructions to show themselves to the priests as they walk along, they're completely cured and healed. And only one of the 10 comes back to thank Jesus. I've always imagined in that scene, a, a mother speaking to their five-year-old, explaining when someone cures you of leprosy, you say, thank you. So maybe it's not just a nasty leper, maybe it's nasty lepers. I'm sure some are thinking or asking themselves, why am I beating up on this guy? Well, it's often been observed that when we get angry, we hate in others what angers us. We hate in ourselves, which is probably true. Because if I'm honest, it's not just nasty leper. I know I could be nasty priest. I could be selfish. I could be unthoughtful. I could be ungrateful. I could be proud and arrogant, even to Jesus. I know there have been too many times and ways where Jesus has given me clarity and direction, which I've disregarded or explained away or reinterpreted in a way that he didn't intend and just happened to align with my own desires, which is humiliating to admit, but I know it's true. Just like St. Peter knew all too well of himself, as he recounts the story in these opening chapters of the Gospel of St. Mark, 
we have to remember all this is after Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension. So this is after Peter has opened his mouth and needed to insert his foot way too many times to count. This comes after one minute where Peter is Jesus' rock, his first pope, his right-hand man, to the next, Jesus rebuking him for acting like Satan. This is after Jesus warned Peter that as strong and brave as he thinks he is, he will fail, he will fall, he will deny even knowing Jesus, which was horrifically proven true a Good Friday. So as Peter shares Jesus doing this absolutely astounding of miracles, which would have instantly radically altered this man's life in ways he never imagined were even possible, which is met with this guy thoughtlessly dismissing the one thing Jesus asked him to do and not to do, which wasn't a, a necessary detail for Peter to share. It's not like Jesus' mission failed and ended at this point. I think it sticks out to Peter because he's had to face that same failure within himself. He's had to confront the weakness of who he is as a disciple of Jesus, how he's failed as an apostle. The same Simon Peter who, yes, beautifully heard the call to follow me and responded, but too often finds himself reverting to the ways of Simon rather than being the Peter that Jesus has called him to be. So maybe this isn't just true for nasty Peter, nasty leper, nasty priest, but can be true for all of us. Which is why this is such a, a good thing for us to be challenged with this last Sunday before we enter into the season of Lent. Where are we in our discipleship, in our relationship with Jesus? In what areas do I find division in my heart? between knowing what Jesus is asking me to do and hearing him calling me to greater love, to greater holiness, and ignoring those prompts, failing to respond. Because Lent is a, a privileged time of the church's year that's meant for us to remember who we are, but who we're called to be. That we're sinners, but we're called to be saints, every one of us. And the difference between what makes a saint a saint and what keeps a sinner a sinner is that the saint knows their weaknesses and their failures and that without God's help, that's all they're going to be. The saint is the one who humbles themselves, admits those realities, and just asks for God's grace, for his Holy Spirit to bring his fire, to, to remove the blinders and all those obstacles and to transform and recreate them. The saint identifies all the ways that the devil has lied to them, deceived and accused them, and all the ways that they've fallen for those lies and deceptions and allowed those accusations to cause them to fall, fall into despair or even worse, into indifference, but repents of them, examines their hearts and consciences, and goes and makes a good confession to be forgiven, to be healed, to be reconciled. Because the saint doesn't let their sinful behaviors and their inclinations define, inhibit, and limit them, but trusts more in God's mercy 
demonstrated perfectly in Jesus' power and authority. So as we enter into this sacred season this week, my brothers and sisters, may we take some time to prepare ourselves to have a good and meaningful Lent where we can identify the, the nasty things that we've said and done and perhaps even become, but not to wallow or fall into desolation. Instead, to look at St. Simon Peter, whose example is one of, of persevering in a lifelong process of conversion that finally and gloriously transformed that sinner into one of the greatest of saints. To hear Jesus calling us to that same destiny and to have the courage to listen to his voice, to follow his commands, to make those steps of pursuing him, trusting that what he wishes to accomplish in and with and through each and every one of us.